Lewis Hamilton's last race was out of control in Japan. His very aggressive style proving detrimental to winning the world championship. Now with only the Chinese and Brazilian Grands Prix remaining, Lewis must control himself if he indeed wants to be known as a championship driver and not simply a race winner. Mathematically, three drivers remain in the championship. For BMW driver Robert Kubica, both luck and speed must come his way. As for Hamilton's only true challenger, Massa must also crest the level of talent that separates mere race winners from champions. Again, it is up to the Finnish backup drivers of Kimi Raikkonen and Heki Kovalainen to support their respective teammates as the 2008 season comes to a close. In fact, it may be their performance that decides the winner. And the one remaining wild card, Renault driver Fernando Alonso, comes to China with remarkable momentum. Will he continue to throw Paella in the face of predictability and win again? We find out now. This is the F1 Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 40 for coverage of the 2008 Chinese Grand Prix. I'm Robin Warner. And I'm Jim Lau, and as we get down to the the second-to-last race of the season, we've got a lot of big news in the Constructors' Championship, Drivers' Championship, and uh, some rulings from the FIA and everything. So uh, no time to lose. Let's, Let's get at it. The winds shift to the west as the entire country of England breathes a sigh of relief. Lewis Hamilton wins the Chinese Grand Prix. The young Brit doing what he does best, winning the race from pole. Behind the McLaren winner was a sea of Ferrari red, led by Hamilton's now only challenger, Felipe Massa, in second. Raikkonen followed in third after letting his Brazilian teammate pass on the inside in a pathetic attempt at cloaking team orders. This result gives Ferrari the upper hand in the Constructors' Championship, ahead 11 points, and Lewis Hamilton a 7-point lead in the Drivers' Championship. If Hamilton finishes fifth or better in Brazil, he is world champion, regardless of other results. Alonso was not able to three-peat, but scored five points for fourth. Behind the Renault came both BMW Sauber cars, led by quick Nick Heidfeld. Robert Kubica's sixth-place finish is respectable, considering his terrible 11th-place starting position. Seventh place went to Timo Glock in the Toyota, and Nelson Piquet managed to stay on track for eighth. That's two points paying positions in two races for Piquet. Who'd have thought? Well, Jim, it was a bit of a sleeper today. A little bit. I mean, the, the stakes are obviously high with um, you know Lewis Hamilton up at the front, and I personally was very happy to see him uh, you know qualify on pole. And um, Lewis has been sort of on and off. I mean, with with off in the last race where he had it on pole and it was his race to lose, and he did. And uh, and uh, but this is one of those Lewis Hamilton performances where yeah. it's mm-hmm. like he's either 110 percent or he's pretty bad. But uh, he's you know was just brilliant today. Just pulled away from the Ferraris right from the start of the race. Had a good start and never looked back. And uh, there was never really any any real challenge for his uh, for his lead in the race and just took it home in what looked like a pretty straightforward race for McLaren. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he he drove. He put in another one of those stunning uh, uh, stunning races that. Uh, everyone's come to love him for and you know seemed like everything was great and now he comes into the final race with uh seven points uh, ahead in the championship so he's in a very comfortable place to just uh do you know just have a decent race and win the championship uh, i have to say though if he'd keep kept him uh, self together last weekend he would have clinched it 
this weekend. Yeah, and, or if he hadn't run into Kimi Raikkonen well, <laughs> earlier. And and on top of that, uh, you know, these were the circumstances more or less that he went into last year. Yeah, well, last year it was a bit different. Be- I mean, simply because he because he beached the car in China, he had this big lead. It looked like it was just all he had to do was you know do a solid performance here and he could he could clinch it. And this put him back down to the footing. You know, this this last year, you know, before in Japan, he was on much higher, you know, much better position. And now, and then he was lower back, lower back. Now he's like actually increasing his lead over Massa. So it feels pretty different. The momentum, um, the momentum is different yeah. this weekend. And although, but, but the points aren't exactly the points is exactly where he was last year at this time, uh, which just goes to show. I mean, it's not right behind him; it's Massa, but just goes to show it's. Still open, you know, still up in the air. Um, it's not for Raikkonen. I mean, it's either it's either going to be Lewis or Massa. But right, um, you know. But yeah, it's definitely uh, still, you know, still a nail biter till Brazil, and that which is cool, you know, to to be able to go to the last it, race. It is cool, but it's just you know, it's it's a shame for Hamilton and McLaren because it, it was unnecessary. Yeah, and you know, we were reading in the uh, websites and stuff this week that uh, Ron Dennis was supporting the way his driver drove and. And that you know he has no regrets and all this, and I just I thought that was asinine. He drove poorly, and he should own up to that. Yeah, and I, I you get that every once in a while. You get an interview from some t- team owners or drivers, and they say, "Oh, you know, we're just going to push as hard as we can, and we're going to overcome the difficulties and whatever." And just sort of say they say nothing really. I mean, it's, it's the typical thing you're going to say. We're going to get out there, and we're going to do the best we can. And some guys that say, "Okay, yeah, let's be real. We're not. We don't have a chance to do this, but we're going to do and push for that." Or you know, this is where we're weak, and this is where we're strong. We're going to try to make make sense of the strong parts. So. Um, I think Ron Dennis is more just sort of the you know press release lip service where he just sort of says whatever um, you know he thinks will keep the you know his media and his sponsors happy and doesn't really give truthful answers to a lot of things. He just sort of skirts the questions. Well, and that 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 may just be it. I I will say that uh, I was struck by two things. One, it seemed like Ferrari should have had the best car this weekend, but this that Lewis was just too good and. The second thing with that first one in mind is, what is going on with Kovalainen? Dude, well, okay, he, this race, um, he, uh, he retired with seven laps to go. Um, it lists him as, as pneumatic failure. Um, I mean, what we saw is his tire go down, and I guess we don't quite know why that was, if that just deflated and then it was damaged to the car because his tire went down, or if there was some problem with the suspension which caused his tire to rub on something. I mean, we don't quite know like which is the cause and which is the effect there, but um, either way, I mean, he retired, and that... Um, just hands. I mean, he started fifth. You know, it was a reasonable, reasonable start. He had a good scrap going on with Alonso for a while. Unfortunately, which he not lost. With, not with the Ferraris, but with Alonso. Um, which he lost. I, I, I think that's. I think that's an important thing to know, though, is that he had a scrap with Alonso and he lost it. Yeah. <laughs> so fair enough. McLaren, you should look at that Alonso guy. He's pretty good. Yeah, maybe you should uh, pay him a lot of money. Maybe maybe he'll switch from Renault after all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, so I mean, Hecky retired, and it just—it's just another lackluster performance from Kovalainen, um, and it's—he's—I mean, it's no comparison what he's done for for Hamilton's effort compared to what Raikkonen has done for Massa's effort, or what Massa was doing for Raikkonen's effort earlier in sure, the season. Sure, sure. Um, it's or just, what either both drivers have done for the team. Yeah, I mean, I guess McLaren still support him, but it's. It's it's kind of bad, and it's one of those. It's it's a shame because there's a lot of drivers in the field, or at least several drivers in the field. You look at it and you say, man, if he were only in one of the top cars, what 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 could he do? You know, whether it's Sebastian yeah. Vettel or whether it's Sebastian Bourdais or and, you know whatever. And we said that about Kovalainen two years ago. Yeah, and I guess here's our answer: that even though he's got his moments and can have you know it, 
he's clearly not a bad driver. I mean, none of these guys are, but he's got his moments. But I don't know if it's when he's under pressure or when, you know, maybe he's only good at a couple of sort of certain ways of getting around people, and if that doesn't work and then he's stuck. I don't quite know what the problem is, but... You know, um, when you say stuck under pressure or or has trouble under pressure, I, I think there's something to that because he showed a lot of potential... In uh, the race of champions a few years back, yep. he, he drove really well. Now, that's kind of a one-off thing. But then he did very well in GP2 and uh, was a test driver that people sought after. And people thought he was going to be really good. But I think it's just the immense pressure of Formula 1 seems to get to him. Because whenever you see an interview with him or um, just camera pictures, body language, he always seems nervous and timid. Like, he doesn't seem to have the confidence that you need to have in Formula One. Yeah, and Lewis is like the exact opposite. Even oh, times yeah. he kind of wishes he's some motion out of him. Kind of alpha just, male, isn't he? Yeah, and he's just kind of, oh yeah, well it was a bad day, or it was a good day, you know, and you know, and it's yeah. like I'm still the best. Obviously, yeah, it was just circumstances. Where Kovalainen is like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> no one likes me, and I'm ugly and fat, and I just want some bonbons. <laughs> I'm not quite sure that's how uh, his interviews go, but it's something along those. It's a you know. It's, it's, yeah. Well, although, um, I, mean, I guess they could say um, the, the one sort of caveat to McLaren's retirement this, this weekend is it does mean he will be able to have a penalty-free engine change for Brazil. So um, once he was out of the points, because he had that puncture, he was he was back down in 17th spot. I mean, well out sure. of the points. There's really no sure. chance of him getting any points. That may have been a bit of trickery on McLaren's part for them to say, hey, if we pull him out of the race now, and there was seven laps to go, you know, pretty near the end, um, if we pull him out now, we can put a new engine in that car, and maybe if they know something we don't about, you know, if he was on a weak engine or if, if you know, they can turn up the wick because they know that this next engine only has to last one race till it's the end of the season, um, that may have been a strategic call to sort of try to make the best of a bad situation. Sure. So if we come back and Hickey is a solid number two holding the Ferraris off and Lewis Hamilton drives off into the distance in Brazil, then there you go. That was McLaren sort of, I guess, playing the hand they were dealt. But, uh I somehow doubt that'll happen, but maybe um, that that could be. And that, the, the only other two retirements were uh, Adrian Sutil uh, retired after 13 laps with a gearbox, and that uh, he just basically lost it and had to pull off the side of the track, and uh, there was a local yellow for a little while. But yeah, no, I mean, no he lost cars. it because of the gearbox. He didn't lose it and then break the gearbox. Right. Yeah. And he didn't lose the gearbox either. Right. He yeah. still had it. He still it just had didn't, it. just didn't work. The gearbox didn't work. Anymore. Yeah. And then uh, and Yardo Truly on, on only lap two um, – had uh, had accident damage. Uh, was that from was it with Bourdais? With Bourdais I believe, I believe, yeah. yeah. And uh, so that was a, a disappointing day <laughs> for Yarno. He had come in. They they checked his car, um, sent it back out, and uh, for another couple of laps, and then he said, "Nope, doesn't work." And then he, he had to come back yeah. in and park it. So that was obviously a disappointing day for Yarno. Truly, uh, his teammate Timo got two points in seventh. So uh, I guess a couple of points there is is always helpful. Um, but I think the other big story, and but beyond that, I mean, there was not a lot of passing on track, like we mentioned. No, I mean, Hamilton pulled out, and that was mostly it. The pit stops were drama-free for the most part. Yeah, nothing nothing too Kubica, which was kind of the wild card, you know, he was kind of the Kimi Raikkonen of this year. And of the three drivers, Hamilton, Massa, and Kubica, I think Kubica has the most level head and had a real chance at maybe pulling an upset this season. Uh, he's out now. He he had an abysmal qualifying uh, session. Uh, yeah, finished starting sixth in the 11th. race. I mean, he started eleven. He didn't yeah. quite make it out of Q two, and, uh, and and I don't think the BMW Sauber's quite had the performance this, uh, this at this racetrack anyway. But yeah, uh, you know, I think Kubica has proven himself to be very very good as an as an overall driver. I mean, in the in the 
pre-race in the intro, I kind of talked about the difference between a race winner and a champion. And I think Kubica definitely has the mindset and the capability to be a champion more so than Hamilton and Massa. Even though he might just not have the car. Could be. Yeah, I guess we'll we'll have to see if uh, either the BMW can, you know, maintain some performance next year or, or... or what? But, I mean, he signed with BMW at least for next year, and I thought even maybe a couple years past that. I'm yeah, not I'm, sure. I'm not sure. His, I, I know he's confirmed for next year, as in, as is Heidfeld, yeah. as is Kovalainen, speaking of him. and yeah. uh, so, But, uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah. But BMW big, definitely could be a more serious contender next year. Yeah, well, the, the, the big story as far as overtaking in my book um, was Ferrari's very obvious team orders. Um, <laughs> again, in the, la- yeah. the closing stage of the race, about, what, 10 laps to go, something like that, um, and and Raikkonen had been solidly behind Hamilton, losing a little bit of ground here and there, occasionally running similar lap times. They did sometimes trade, gaining a little they, bit. Yeah, of ground they traded back. fastest yep. lap a little bit early in the race, but then Hamilton basically, you know, put a stamp on yeah, it. Yeah, certainly. And it stayed. There were, there were times where Raikkonen was faster, faster, but overall Hamilton was pulling out slowly yeah. but surely. And uh, and I mean they. And then uh, with ten lap, and, and then Massa was sort of solidly behind Raikkonen. Right. And same. Same thing. Around three seconds back. Something right. Like that. Same as same as uh, Raikkonen to Hamilton. Hamilton to Raikkonen was Raikkonen to Massa. Yeah. You know, Massa was close, and at times was a little bit faster, but overall Raikkonen was pulling away. Yeah. Until until ten <laughs> laps to go, when Raikkonen sort of backed off a little bit, and Massa turned it up a little bit, and. Uh, you know, Massa had one of the easiest passes, you know, possibly ever in Formula One. Well, the interesting thing is they cut to Raikkonen's car, yeah, to show a replay of the pass, and Raikkonen was off the gas. Yeah, it was at the end of one of the straights, and it was uh, the end it, of the long straight. Yeah, end of the longest straight into the corner. So, yeah, it's conceivable Massa would have a toe and be able to make a move, and it might be close, and he might get it, and he might not. But the pass but, was completed before yeah, the turn. With the onboard camera, we could hear pretty obviously. I mean, it was and and talk about this in a second, but Kimi didn't even try to hide it or anything, but just, you know, yeah, uh, Moss is coming up from behind and uh, and pulls out to the side, and Raikkonen just gets off the gas. He just, oh, let me lift here, and yeah. hangs for a couple of seconds and then gets on the brakes once Massa is safely and cleanly oh, around sure. him. So it was really obviously giving him the, giving Massa the position, uh, which and this is a little bit of the sort of the, the technical definition, I guess, but team orders specifically are forbidden in Formula 1. So Ferrari could not legally get on the radio to Kimi and say, hey, let Massa get around you. Um, that would be team orders. That would be the team interfering with the outcome of the race. But it almost sounds like Ferrari's saying, well, Raikkonen came to that decision on his own because Yeah, well, Ferrari hasn't really said, said much of anything as as a team, but in the interviews after the, after the fact, and, and I mean, it was blatantly obvious that... You know, Massa didn't just find some pace or Kimi Raikkonen's car just fall off. Um, but Kimi Raikkonen said, I knew what was expected of me, and we're both driving for the team, and the team is what really matters, and, you know, I know my place, and he knows his place. Well, when he first asked when, when first asked the question, the one thing Kimi Raikkonen did was give a nice big smile. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so it's kind of a stupid It was situation. one of those, come on. Yeah. We all know what's going on here. Yeah, and, I mean, the, the TV cameras knew exactly, you know, when the Massa started coming up and Kimi started backing off and, um, and, and our announcers here on Speed Channel were very sarcastic about uh, about the whole thing. Oh, and, sure. Oh, it'd be such a shame if Kimi were to hit some of these marbles off track and slow down a little bit. Or, oh, Massa's really got some pace, and what an amazing drive he's had. So, um, yeah, he's a, you know, so Kimi's outright admitting, yeah, I gave him the position, no question about that. You know, So at least I guess it wasn't a charade of, oh, he had a puncture and had to come in for a pit stop and whatever. and you know, it, But it's it's such a stupid situation that they have to 
sort of find ways to tiptoe around this because it's obvious that it is, whether it's explicitly or not, it is the team's order right. for Massa to finish first because he's the one, or, you know, finish ahead of Raikkonen. And, because and, he's and, the and one why in not? What's wrong with that? Yeah, What's and that's, that's that? the way it's always been until uh, a number of years ago when Ferrari made some pretty obvious, um, you know, sort of productions to change the change the order of cars and the, cause the FIA to make this rule and say, hey, you guys are really, you know, by by ordering one guy to go in front of another or or do whatever, you're really, you know, this is really kind of getting out of hand. Um, so it was in response to Ferrari that the FIA actually made this rule. So you could say that, you know, Ferrari's got no one to blame but themselves for being in this situation. And you don't often see this. I but mean, the, but the, I have to oh, I have to interrupt real quick. The, the situation hasn't really changed. The only difference between what was done a couple years ago and what's done now is it's a little less blunt and obvious. Yeah, I mean it's the exact same thing. It hasn't really changed anything. Yeah, and it's not something that happens every race. I mean, yeah, it's only you know it's oh it's only going to be in one of the top few teams for the championship. And it didn't happen and, in every race before the rule either. I yeah, mean, so it's. It's not a huge effect, but when it happens, I don't. I feel like it's sort of stupid when everyone sort of just does a wink and a nudge, saying, "Oh, we don't. We didn't tell them to do that." And yeah. Kimi just sort of says, "Oh, they didn't tell me. I just did it on my own." And, and the like, fans aren't stupid. We're not yeah, stupid. The, and know? obviously, the announcers are keyed into it. Everyone knows what's going on, so it's it's a bit stupid for them to have to try to cover that up. But I guess that's them, you know, following the letter of the law, whether whether they're following the spirit of the law or not. And uh, so I, I I just think that's a little bit wanky, but you know. I guess that's that's how it is right now, and and that's uh, you know if I were in their Ferrari position, I guess I would probably do the same thing. I mean, you they they need Massa to get more points than Raikkonen. There's no compelling reason for them to have Raikkonen sure. come in you know, sure. before him. So sure. that's just how it goes. Yeah. So uh, you know, it, it's it's a uh, it's a shame that the rule is what it is, and it's also a shame that Ferrari you know <laughs> does what they do to. to I mean, I guess. At, at this point in time, you can't really blame Ferrari for, for what it is. But uh, you know, moving on from that, it, it the Chinese track looks really cool, and it's a shame that there wasn't much racing. It, that everyone's was really just spaced out. But uh, I don't know. I mean, we have to give Alonso some more credit. A fourth place finish. He was able to outpace Kovalainen, and uh, I don't know how much of that was Kovalainen's lack of ability, like we talked about earlier. But that Renault is really coming on, and you know. That the car's making improvements. It's not just Alonso because Piquet is starting to get a little bit farther up the charts as well. And uh, I, I, I'm starting to wonder how competitive that Renault car might be next year. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really pretty wild looking at the, the points Renault. I mean, lately, obviously, with Fernando's two wins. But, like, last year in Japan, Renault got 15 points between the two drivers. Um, Ten points before that, with, which was just uh, just Alonso, nothing from uh, from Fizzy. And then six points today. I mean, they're, that's... That's better than BMW, and that's you know about on par with um, with this, I mean it's a lot more points than McLaren or uh, about on par with Ferrari. I mean if if the championship had started, you know just five races ago or something, oh, Renault sure. would be would be walking away with it. I mean it's it's really pretty wild to uh, to see, and and I guess I wonder how much of this is going to carry over in, into the beginning of next season. Of course, all the teams are going to have new cars with new developments, and yep. it's. it's it could be complete. I mean, Honda might come back into a form. Toyota might be really good. BMW Sauber could continue to grow, and you know, who knows? It yeah, could be it's, completely it's really, it could be completely up. different. More than likely, it's going to kind of go back to Ferrari and McLaren. I mean, that's probably the way it's going to go, just because to of the a budgets, certain extent. I think there's going to be a. I think there will be a third team challenging. Which team that is is kind of the question. Yeah, and it seems well. I mean, if it's anything like this year, I guess it, it seems like. Some tracks it could be BMW, and some tracks it could be Renault, but those are clearly the the next two in and line. And some tracks it could be Toyota. Yeah, could be. I mean, yeah. they've had they've had some some solid results. 
Um, so, yeah, I guess I guess we'll have to see if they can, uh, you know, and, and BMW and Renault still, still could be a spoiler in uh, in the you know, Sao Paulo race in Brazil two weeks from now um, because they are still up at the front. I mean, a fourth-place finish, obviously that's between some Ferraris and some McLarens. Sure. Kovalainen was out for this race, but it's still enough to affect the points and affect where everyone ends. And, uh, Absolutely. And we can't count them out, whereas, you know, Force India or whatever, we could pretty much count them out as being a player. Unless or, someone, one of those guys runs into somebody yeah, else. Yeah, I and mean, even Williams like and Honda and Red Bull. You right, know, there's whatever. There's a few teams that are really up there, uh, you know, dealing with them. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's there's always the back markers and traffic and the potential to slow people down. But I think as far as a real spoiler for points, um, it's it's going to be an interesting race. I mean, I, I think Lewis is in really good shape. He's only got, if he like, like we mentioned in the Lewis opening, is in really good shape as long as he doesn't do what he did Last year or last race. I mean, like, you know, he he's just he's got to behave himself. Yeah. He's got to say it's okay that that person passed me. Yeah. Unless unless that passes him and he's in the sixth spot. In which case he says it's not. Of course. Of course. But I mean, you know, he hit the last race in Brazil. He just screwed up. I mean, then he he had trouble, but he screwed up. And uh, the same thing in Japan. He just simply screwed up. So he just needs to he just needs to take a step back and say the championship is more important than the race. And I know he knows that, but can he really do that on track when right. someone goes by him and he's got maybe a run into a corner and kind of an offhand shot of it? Is he really going to be able to calm down and say, you know what? Nope, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to risk anything and uh, and do it later and not and at the same time not pull back too far and let other people pass him and you know get too far back in the mix. Sure, so I sure. I think that he can with a year's. Uh, maturity and, and everything that he's learned over the last year and everything he's been through. And I'm sure he's, I mean, especially a, a year ago, just after, you know, just after losing the championship by one point, I'm sure he swore, you know, up and down to himself, to, uh, you know, the ghost of Ayrton Senna, to whatever. <laughs> you know, if I am in this situation again, if, if you know, God willing, everything comes together and I'm in the situation again, I am not going to screw this up. And now he's in exactly the same situation. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I think he'll really be able to pull it together and make it work. And I think the team is going to be working so hard to do that. Yeah. And uh, I think they will be able to. I mean, it's not an impossible task, finishing fifth. And when you know that's that set goal, we will win the championship if we do fifth. That's a little bit different than, I mean, yeah, every points are valuable from every race. And, and of course. They're, they're good. But I think when you know exactly this is our target. Right. This mm-hmm. is exactly if I do if I pass this guy I'm here if I don't pass him I'm there it's 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 cut and dry I think they'll be able to make that work I do have to say that he also knew all this last year and he had a very yeah, he's experienced just a kid team. last year he's he just had a, a very kid. experienced team behind him and an even more experienced um, you know uh, teammate although the teammate was also fighting for the championship at the time yeah Alonso was was messing with his setup and stuff though I mean that that, that may have slowed him down. But anyway, maybe not. I'm just making stuff up. I I, I, st- I still don't think Massa is a champion driver. I think he's a race winner, and I think that's the end of it. And the reason I say that is, you know, he had an opportunity to potentially capitalize on Hamilton's misfortune, and instead he caused his own misfortune. And he recovered from that reasonably well to finish seventh. He would have finished eighth, though, if it weren't for that bogus Bordet penalty. Yeah. And, um, you know, had he had he stayed behind Massa and continued to push, uh, stayed behind Hamilton and continued to push, he could have potentially passed him legitimately. Yeah. And uh, the way the penalties went down, Massa would have been way back there. Uh, and, 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 I mean, Hamilton would have been way back in the field, and Massa could have scored some real points against him. You know, and... 
it's those type of decisions in those type of circumstances where Akimi Raikin or potentially Robert Kubica or definitely a Fernando Alonso, they tend to make the right decisions. And I, so I think because Hamilton's only challenger is Massa, I think that is why Hamilton will be able to pull this off. I don't think he is as – that being said, you know, Brazil is a place that Massa knows and loves very well. So that's that'll be interesting. So – I, I don't know. I'm very, very interested to hear what all of you guys think is going to go down in the championship. Um, we, um, you know, we're, we're definitely excited for two weeks from now. And uh, also, we're we're actually, this is a little bit of a non sequitur, we've been doing this new kind of pre-race intro thing, last couple of races, trying to add a little bit more to the... Uh, to the show and we're curious what you guys think of it if it's a if it's a thumbs up or a thumbs down type of deal and uh you should let us know about that and the best way to do that probably is visit f1show.com you can reply to each of the episodes right there as they come up as uh, blog posts and you can just uh, reply right there or just simply send us an email to feedback at f1show.com or if you want if you're uh, already on facebook especially uh just join our facebook group uh and just a link to it directly from our website and uh, you can post on there and see there's other fans and there's discussions that go on and we post in there. So uh, absolutely, certainly, you know, if you if you like what we're doing, if you think there's something else we should be covering, um, if you agree or disagree with our with our opinions or our, our predictions, and I must say my prediction actually came true for uh, Hamilton winning this Yay! race. Uh, that may be a first for us. I it it, it you know. is, but I'm I'm actually the one that had Coke today. But well, I, yeah. uh, there it is. But so, yeah, congratulations to Jim on that one. That is that is true. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it's been with the last races with with Fernando Alonso and with Vettel. I mean, everything that's happened, it's like. We'd, we'd practically given up. I mean, I think Robin had given up on, on predictions, <laughs> realizing that there's just so much that could happen that, you know, what seems logical has little to no impact on what's actually going to happen. And, sure. uh, uh, you know, that's so it goes. That being said, uh, Colin, thank you for the uh, predictions again. Moss on pole, Moss to win. No, that's not what happened in Kubica. No, but it was a very reasonable effort. And we also want to say thank you to PK07. Um, yeah, I know Lewis has become a little bit more controversial, so I, I can understand having less things to say about Lewis, but he still has a lot of fans in jolly old England. And, and uh, uh, yeah, and PKO7's had a Ferrari 1-2 as picks for China, and I think that's more wishful thinking than an actual uh, prediction. And, but yeah, he, no, well, I, now hold on, solid. hold on. I mean, they were 2-3. They were not that far off. No, that's true. That's true. So, and, uh, also, tomorrow was there, but these, uh... These uh, ads by Google, they rotate fairly quickly. But if you, you, know, if I, you search I, I for it, it, I think you could find it I was going to post rated. a link, and I think I still might, because I, I Googled and found it. It's quite good, It's worth it? it. I mean, it's worth, <laughs> it's it. it's worth a bit of Googling, if you, if you know what I, I mean. mean. It, it's, it's, it's funny. She, um, she almost looks like um, Demi Moore and Bruce Willis's daughter, Rumor, but good-looking. I think that's the best way I can describe it. I'm not it. familiar. Well, I don't watch as much E! television as you apparently do. My fiancé gets those magazines yeah, on a fairly regular basis. Right. Oh, which brings up another bit of racing news. Uh, there that, were that, what? No, it's not racing news, I suppose. That's it's not. indirectly racing news, I suppose. But that nonsense you were up to. That the, nonsense that I was up to. Yeah, due to report. the several emails I got wondering what really happened while we were late with the show last week, um, I was actually uh, off on a little bit of a holiday getting engaged. So Big congratulations then. Yes. From the well, thank you very much. And, uh, so, to, to yes, I have now... Um, Future Mr. Robin Warner. <laughs> uh, does, that, does that work? I don't know if that changes anything. No, that, that doesn't really dude, work. Yeah. Kinda... yeah, I mean, okay. I, but I, I have spent a whole lot of whole lot of money on not racing. Yeah, and, that's, uh, that's a big change for you. Yeah, I don't know why, but I do. I do know <laughs> why. 
So what I, I she doesn't listen to this show. Couldn't be happier. Whole lot of nonsense. No, that's that's how it is. That's how we are. That's why it's so great. Okay. Um, I w- <laughs> back to Formula One for a moment. <laughs> yes, if, do if that. I may. Um, there's, I mean, there's two championships being run: the drivers' championship and the constructors' sure, championship. And absolutely. we tend to talk about the drivers' championship um, sure. a lot more, as does everyone. I think that's the more exciting uh, that's, sort of that is. If you were to say, like, the championship, the champi- that is the championship. Yeah, although the Constructors' Championship is definitely important. I mean, a lot of the manufacturers, there's a lot of money involved, a lot of sponsor deals, and a lot of cachet involved in being Constructors' Championship winners. Yeah, and it's like being the producer of a movie instead of the director or the lead Yeah, you don't necessarily it's, get the, the fame, but there's a lot, of, there's lot a, that goes on business-wise yeah. there. And Ferrari, they haven't clinched it. I mean, they've got 156 points, 11 points ahead of McLaren with 145, and unless something sort of crazy happens, they are going to win the Constructors' Championship. And yes. And I think I think they have a better chance of doing it. Massa and Raikkonen are more likely to deliver than Kovalainen yeah. and Hamilton. Absolutely. So yeah. even if, you know, if... Because uh, I guess what would it take? It would take, um, like, Lewis Hamilton winning and, uh, and, and Heike getting at least one point, which is a bit sketchy lately. Um, yep. And Ferrari getting no points right. for, for for McLaren that would tie them. That would tie them. And then they would probably have more wins at that point if Hamilton went. I mean, either way, it's 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 pretty much going to be Ferrari. Um, so, I, congratulations to Ferrari, I guess, for winning. I mean, that really just says that's the difference between having two solid, reliable drivers mm-hmm. and and one. That um, being said, you know, Raikkonen didn't score races for you know didn't score points four races in a row. Massa is gunning for the championship, and he's a bit of an emotional loose cannon. So it. It, it could, in fact, go McLaren's way. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm with you, Jim. I ultimately doubt it, but yeah, it's certainly. I mean, it's certainly not. And, and Ron Dennis guaranteed. has said, um, you know, that McLaren said, "That's you know what? If if Ferrari get a one-two in Brazil, that's fine with me. You know, so long as Lewis wins. I guess they've sort of given up on the constructors' championship. They know it's an outside chance at this point. I'm sure they'd be happily happily you know, accept it if, uh, if if they win it, but." They've basically said, you know what, we're really what we're really gunning for is is Lewis to make good on on everything you know that they didn't get last year, and uh, they're sort of have written off the constructors' championship, which is too bad, but so it goes. Yeah, but I mean, I think it, and you know what, I'll, I'll be honest. If you look at how this is coming down, I mean, I think Hamilton has, for all his mistakes and the things I've been saying uh, badly about him, I, I definitely recognize the the talent he has and the ability he's shown this year. I mean, for the Bad decisions he's made as of recent, some of those mistakes he's made. He's also had some brilliant passes, some amazing, amazing races. And I think in I think this really is his year to win. I think he deserves it in a lot of ways, despite Fernando Alonso saying he hopes Massa wins, as well as Flavio Briatore, which is totally bizarre. Yeah, that's just kind of screwball. And uh, and I and I and I also think that Ferrari built the better car this year. So I think it's kind of working out. Mm-hmm. As it should, as well, God intended, as they would say. Yeah, although, I mean, I think ultimately at the beginning of the season, it really seemed like it was Kimi Raikkonen's time to shine, who was going to be more comfortable with the team at Ferrari and was really going to, you know, to, to come back and defend his championship and really just walk away from it. And I guess, I don't know if it's being surprised that Massa was, was good or that Kimi Raikkonen kind of fell off, but the sort of the combination of those two, because um, I think, at the, you know, at the beginning of the season, I think it was between Hamilton and, and, and Raikkonen, not Massa. And I'm a bit surprised that Massa has come as far as he has, but I, I definitely think it should have been. That's how it goes. Raikkonen Hamilton, and part of it was luck, part of it was Raikkonen's apathy. But I, I think Raikkonen will be there next year. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that. So, um, I th- 
I think that's about all we need to say for that. However, there is some news that we need to talk about. Uh, there's, yeah, a couple of things regarding the, the calendar for 2009, as that's starting to shape up. Or lack there of it. What's going on yeah, here? Yeah, well, we talked about um, the Canada Grand, Canadian Grand Prix was taken off the off the uh, calendar. There already is in a USGP. Yeah, with, with basically very little notice. I mean, there was no press release or anything. They just said, oh, here's the revised calendar, and calendar wasn't on it. And, and um, Canada wasn't on it, and Canada found out the same way you and I did. Yeah, and that's now been clarified, and they say there is no chance of a Canadian Grand Prix next year. This, that's not... It's not an error that somebody forgot to put on the list or something, it's like, oh, no, that's just not going to happen. And that basically comes down to the cost of, you know, with the uh, with, with transporting and everything. So my hope is that they'll be able to, you know, I guess get, get all the people together that need to make this happen and get a U.S. and Canadian Grand Prix, maybe get a Mexican Grand Prix while you're there. Sure, you know, I don't know, or maybe sure. another South American. I don't you know, maybe an East Coast and a West Coast U.S. I don't know, make it, get there more, more trips yeah. to the North America. Sure. Make it worth your while and come back here, guys. Come on. Have Formula One come as a support race to the drifters. There you go, <laughs> and uh, so that's that's a bit sad, and, and I hope that doesn't weigh down the U.S. Grand Prix because it seems like it could. If they say, "Oh well, then now we can't have a U.S. Grand Prix if that's the only North American race," that makes it too expensive to go to. It's right. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, Canadians will come down to the U.S. to see the race, and the U.S. is still a huge market in terms of money, you know, in terms of sponsors and finance and that type of thing. Yeah. So maybe if I guess either way, though, I think having two races to offset. The, the cost, you know, makes a lot more sense um, and as they do, Absolutely. you know, Absolutely. J- Japan and China next to each other and Malaysia and Singapore, although which are the, which in very different parts of the season. I don't know why they said that. Yeah, it's okay. They're very different. Yeah, you can keep going. Okay. Um, so Canada's out. That sucks. Um, and now the French Grand Prix and Mandy Coeur out. They're done. It's 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 remarkable. I, I, I can only imagine that some maybe – you know, some French-speaking person really pissed Bernie off, and he's like, "You know what? Any Anything French think French? French I'm gone." I mean, what's is what's going on with Belgium? That's that's all we got left for the <laughs> for the French-speaking folks. And luckily, they speak other languages there too, so uh, they'll be okay. But yeah, I mean, Mandy Corps off, and there, there was some talk uh, a while ago, though I haven't heard anything about it recently, about uh, a street circuit in Paris, um, which I think probably racing-wise would be a step back. I mean, I guess street circuits are exciting because it's a downtown area. And there's it, it would definitely be. There's no doubt it would be a step back. They'd have yeah. 37 corners in a mile and a half or something. Yeah. I don't know what and it would doing. go around the Arc de Triomphe, and it would look all sweet and by the Eiffel Tower and whatever. But there would probably be, like, a one pass in the whole race, and a couple people would hit the wall, and there would be a safety card. You know, just that's that's not what we need, I don't think, at this point in Formula 1. Um, although the track for and, – and so – just to finish up the French thing, so we don't know. I mean, obviously nothing's been announced yet about uh, about Paris. They do say Manicor is off the calendar for '09. Um, and so the only new race we're getting next year is an Abu Dhabi. And can I tell you, I saw the track outline for the new circuit that's going to be in Abu Dhabi. Is it an oval? It's ridiculous. No, it like goes through a hotel and everything. I mean, they're they're going kind of nuts like with through the, the lobby, like with the new tracks. Um, you know, with with Singapore being a night race and having the bridges and everything, and, and sort of the under the grandstand and all that, and I guess that's sort of the new, um, I don't know, the new the new flavor in Formula One is having sort of these, I don't, not really gimmick, I guess, but um, the layout of the track is is really pretty wild, and I can't really describe it, but maybe we can post a link in the show notes. Wow. Um, so that looks like it should be a cool track. It's not a street circuit, thankfully. Okay. And, um, okay. So that's the only new new circuit. So we'd be down to what seventeen races if we lose two. In I game believe one. so. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, you know, that's that's that. That's that. I guess. The I mean, other man, that sucks. We're losing some of the classic races. Well, and, here, uh, here's some more news that came out that I was shocked by. 
Um, they're talking about going to a spec engine in 2010. Yeah. What is that? I mean, are you nuts? For some series, that makes good sense. When you want to just figure out what driver is better than what other driver, the a spec series makes a lot of sense. Okay. And, sure. Um, and you know, we, they've had that in Champ Car and Indy Cars for a while here in the U.S. And it's been they've actually been both some spec and sometimes spec engines. You know, earlier, they used to be different manufacturers. But for Formula One, it, I feel it, like it for me anyway, the whole the whole point is. The engineering behind things. And I know there's more engineering that goes into a car besides just the engine, but that's a big part of it. And it's it's, it's the single biggest. Yeah, I mean, that, well, that, aerodynamics may as a on the whole be more important. I mean, it's I think that's it, hard to say though. For me, uh, for me, at the end of the day, I mean, the, the it's McLaren Mercedes. You know what I mean? It's BMW Sauber. It's it's you know, the engine is critical. I mean that that that's part of the team name. Do you know what I mean? I mean. I I think, I mean, it's the lifeblood. It's the it's the heart of the car. I mean, it's it's everything. And to have one spec generic engine out there is ridiculous. I mean, this is different from when everyone was running the Cosworth DFX, or I think I don't remember the exact uh, thing because that was the best engine to have. I I mean, this is uh, this is why Honda and Toyota and Mercedes. That's why they're in there. They're in there to showcase technology. They're not in there just to you know. Have a good laugh. Okay, well, but if we've got frozen engines, in which we supposedly we do right now, um, we've got you know that the, they're not. Well, making... I think that's rubbish too. I think that's just as ridiculous. Okay, but well, not just as, but it's it's also ridiculous. Yeah. So okay, so frozen engines we've got right now. So in theory, nobody should be making performance improvements. They are because they're they're you know saying oh this makes our engine more reliable. So I guess the argument would be. Once we pick an engine, we say decide this is reliable. Like like you did last year, they say okay, these engines work to, to twenty thousand RPM. Okay, we'll cap them at nineteen. None of them should ever blow up because they're they were reliable for the end of the season at twenty thousand RPM. And now we you know we're even taking off the top thousand RPM. It's the same for everybody. Um, the fuel economy is about the same between all of them. I mean, it's it's negligible difference between uh, you know one car yeah, to the next yeah. to the fuel you economy. Can, you can pretty, pretty um, reliably guess a it. lot of the developments that really change passing and really change maneuvering are done in aerodynamics, which are not frozen. I mean, they're tightly controlled specifications, but there's still enough leeway there that uh, the front wings and rear rear planes and all that. I guess does it really? Um, how much does it really affect the sport? I mean. Did you stop watching NASCAR because they went to the strict templates and the shape of a Ford Fusion was the same as the shape of a I didn't, Dodge Charger? I didn't start watching NASCAR. Yeah, neither did I. That never really did anything for me. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate for a second. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm, because, because I, the... I think what, what, what it comes down to is one of the great things about the sport is because of all the different aspects that a car really can be different. And even with... The frozen engine rules, people have been finding ways to tweak the engines, which is so brilliant. But if you take away, if it's a spec engine and a spec tire and a spec ECU and everything else, I mean, you know, it's going to be, you're losing differences between this and uh, GP2, I think. And uh, on top of that, um, you know, what is Mercedes going to have to do? With McLaren, yeah, why would they I, bother? I, I what feel is... like as a, as a fan, it doesn't make as much of a difference as the the business of Formula One. And if these and big the teams and these big money yeah. don't they don't come to to play, then the whole sort of spectacle of Formula One may be kind of maybe diminished and maybe lost. I mean, that's that's sure. I think maybe is the, is more the big deal. I mean, it doesn't really change for me. You know, the actual act of watching the race. 
if the the engine in Kimi Raikkonen's car were the same as that in Lewis Hamilton's car, that wouldn't make the whole thing suck for me to watch it, you know, to watch it pass or to watch it happen. But of course not. But the whole idea of of for Formula One being the pinnacle in technology and motorsport, if the engine's not included in that, that seems like that seems like it compromises your claim by quite a bit. And I think I think that's the end of the. I mean, would it make a difference in the racing? If anything, it might improve it. But I mean. Uh, that's to, just not what Formula One is. It's not what it is, exactly. And I think if uh, if our fans, if you guys agree with us, um, there's two things you should do. One, you can send us a note in the variety of ways that I mentioned earlier, f1show.com. The other is to take the ING World Fan Survey, um, and a lot of the questions on the survey are about this very thing, about, you know, is the driver performance more exciting for you, or is the engineering more important, or what about the engineering is exciting? And uh, make your make your thoughts known because uh, this is clearly going to be a big uh, survey for the, the F1 community to actually sort of see hey these are the people that ultimately support us these pay the bills for the advertisers that ultimately drive you know if, if nobody watched Formula 1 it wouldn't really exist so um, you know let your feedback be known and uh, and I you know Robin and I have both taken the survey and uh, and, and made our thoughts known and uh, you should do the same so yeah absolutely you know whether you want to talk about it on the Facebook page if you if you know I guess I, I could hear a, an interesting argument for uh for spec engines, and if you if you've got an interesting argument to make, you know, let us know and uh, make make a YouTube video with uh, outlining all all your positions, and uh, we can play the audio from it on our show and, and talk about it and see what we think. So absolutely, and uh, I want to give a couple of shout outs. I want to thank uh, uh, Adam from Adam M Lau from Australia, uh, Jordan Brown from here in Michigan, and Ken Regal for uh, keeping the uh, chats alive at Facebook. Uh, uh, Jordan was actually a big uh, – he was a big supporter of all of Hamilton's penalties in, in Japan, but he's, he's, he now uh, concedes that he's re-looked at the footage and agrees that Massa punted Hamilton and thought that was no good. However, he still, he still defends that Hamilton's uh, line in turn one was ridiculous, and he said Hamilton was driving like he does in Gran Turismo when he hasn't played for six months, which I thought was a neat way of saying it. Adding, maybe he forgot where the brake pedal was. So, uh, also, uh, Ken, do I think Bruno? I, say I don't agree with that, but fair yeah. enough. Uh, I, you know, I don't actually. I don't. I agree with the way Hamilton was driving. I disagree with the penalty. Uh, I, I don't think he should have been penalized for it. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, um, I, I think Bruno Senna could be better than Nelson Piquet, though. Ken, I think he's he's been driving pretty well in gp2 and I, I think i think he can make more out of it than nelson but i, I don't know it, it it would be a shame if it were the case because uh you know i think nelson piquet is underperformed and i don't think anyone necessarily expected that uh at least not from what the coverage and the things we saw here in the states so uh i senna from what i've seen seems like he could be quite good so uh, that's that's my comment on that. But anyway, thanks again for for commenting. We love uh, keeping this alive and uh, having you guys talk. Absolutely, and uh, I I mean just to to respond to Jordan's points a little bit. I mean we we just watched some of that footage again this weekend before watching the uh, the, the Chinese Grand Prix, and I mean almost everybody ran wide. There were a couple of people that, that you know could have made it through. I think Kimi Räikkönen actually could have you know maybe hit the brakes mm-hmm. in the right spot. I, I, absolutely. But like Kubica ran wide, which is why Alonso couldn't get around him. Um, and, and it was ultimately Heike Kovalainen that did more blocking of Kimi Räikkönen than Lewis Hamilton, I think, just looking at the, sure, the way things sure, sure. You know, played out. So 
I think that's racing. I mean, when everyone comes to the corner, they're they're you know the track is a lot colder than they think. Uh, people are sliding around. In my in my opinion, and uh, it's just my opinion, but uh, that's just kind of what happens. And if, if if it's not it's not like it was out of the blue where everyone else was making the corner and Hamilton was just outright. Oh, I'm going to drive you off the yeah, track. Yeah, straight line. It, didn't, it, it did off, not yeah. look like that to me. And if this was just Hamilton playing the situation to try to get you know get some advantage, it could have been that. But it really didn't look like that to me. So. Um, I think uh, that, that, I'll just leave it at that. You know? yeah. I think that's. Uh, I think the best thing to do is for all the drivers to go back and analyze the data with their performance box, because the F1 show is perf- uh, supported by the performance box, a GPS-based lap timer, performance meter, and data logger, perfect for any car nut to use at track days, autocrosses, or to simply see what your car can do. That product is shipping worldwide from VBox USA. For more info and the online store, go to performancedrift.com. Absolutely. That, I mean, I guess that about wraps it up. It I, really, we've, we've had a lot of words here yeah, today. <laughs> it was only a couple of days ago we uh, we brought you the last podcast, and uh, here we are now. So we've got two weeks until the season finale in Brazil. We should both be in town. We should. Um, I might have to. I might be getting off a plane from Mexico City and have to uh, make it a little bit later. I'd like to be able to watch it live with the uh, telemetry and everything. That that's the best way. That as, as far as I'm concerned, if I have that option, that's the way to watch it race. It's oh sure. The laptop going with your live timing, it's going right. Oh on the sure. And there. the commercial breaks don't bother you anymore. Yeah, you can just that. watch what's going on. That's that's the way to do it. And um, I'm planning my trip around. Um, you know when. Uh, you know when we can do F1 because this is a big deal for for me and uh, I, I definitely don't want to just be somewhere in, in a you know in a mall or whatever I glance over the TV and see oh Hamilton wins the championship and be like dang it you know just to, <laughs> to have him uh, lose or Massa wins the championship or Massa yeah or <laughs> something who knows Ferrari's disqualified and it's Kubica I don't know yeah but uh, at any rate um, that's about it for now in two weeks uh, you have to check back with us we'll have the Brazil coverage and then after that. A, uh, a a season wrap up uh, episode that maybe uh, a week or two later and um, oh yeah we'll keep you going the off and we, season yeah we, we we try to hold it down in the off season we we had I think three episodes between uh, the end of 07 and the beginning of 08 and uh, we may be doing a little bit more um, some different stuff so definitely uh, if you're not subscribed to the feed already absolutely uh, you can hit us up in iTunes uh, you can just you know whatever your podcast program of choice may be you can just uh, copy and paste the link right in there. But uh, definitely subscribe and uh, keep going because even if there's not races, we'll be bringing you some uh, some goodness. Oh yeah, the there's there's plenty of off season silliness that we like to talk about, and definitely please let us know if there's certain things specific that you like or don't like. I mean, if Jim's halitosis is so bad that it's coming through the uh, radio feed, let him know. If if well, I'm more talking... than likely that, that I'm stuffed up and I have been for the last <laughs> like three months, I don't know what the deal is with that, but I've still been sick. I mean, well, it's horrible. well, I mean. Uh, it could be the halitosis. It's not. Jim's got great breath. Or if I'm talking too much rubbish like just now, let me know. I mean, if there's things specifically that you like or don't like the show, we, we want to continue to grow it. It's our baby, and we want to birth it and have it be big and strong. So you've got to tell us what's going on. I think it's time to end the show. Okay, so. till uh, two weeks from now, <laughs> thanks for listening, and I'm Jim Lau. <laughs> and I'm Robin Warner. I was going to let you do the thing, and I was going to do my thing. That's how we always do it. Well, fair enough. I wanted you to do the thing first, then I was going to do the thing. Well, because I, I had a new little exit thing to say. Oh, should I do it again? Yeah, do it okay. again. Okay. And I'm Jim Lau. And I'm Robin Warner. You stay classy, planet Earth. <laughs>